0: And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast. And the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Cohn, has returned to his home and native land, and is back, <laughs> is back <laughs> with us today. We have no guests. Uh, so Jeff, you and I are going to talk about how to think and play bigger uh, from a few different angles. We've got some fun stuff to get into. And we're going to riff a little bit and just have fun because you're back in town. We haven't talked to each other in a while, probably since the, uh, yep. the team building summit in May. And you've got a bunch of stuff that you've been doing since then. So first of all, man, what's up?
0: Hey, Matt, what's going on, man, and everybody listening live and those listening to the recording. This is going to be a unique episode. Everyone's always focused on building their business, building their business, building their business. Today, we're going to talk about obviously setting big goals. So we play big in the business realm, but also how we take a step back from building the business and actually enjoy the freedom we've created by implementing the CEO strategy. So I just came back from a 26-day trip to South Africa. Uh, spent two days in, or sorry, two weeks in Cape Town, three days in Zimbabwe and Zambia, up at uh, Victoria Falls, and then we ended the trip with a safari at Kruger National Park. I took my family, uh, three kids, 12, 10, and eight. It was a dream trip. We saw the Big Five. Uh, we saw all sorts of crazy stuff. We got to see lions eating a baby giraffe, which was pretty exciting. That's one of the, the animals they they munch on, I guess. Uh, so we saw all sorts of stuff, man, and it, it was just a bucket list trip for us. Our goal is every year to take the kids to a to a new country um, until they've all graduated and left our house. So this was one okay. of the first uh, big trips like this that we we've taken together.
1: Awesome, yeah, that's a that's a dream trip. So so tell me about what it was like, you know, to be gone for essentially three and a half weeks. You've got a million yeah, dollar you know, business that's running back home.
0: Yeah, I've got five million dollar businesses running, but you know the the big thing for me is I have had I have direct reports in all the businesses that run the businesses. If there's fires, you know they can reach me uh, via email. I didn't have cell phone the whole trip or, or for part of the trip, which was kind of awesome. Uh, but I always had access to the internet, so when I'd go back to our lodge or back to our condo, I could link up and I would check email every day for about twenty minutes. You know, when you're when you're gone that long, you actually want to work a little bit. You know to keep your toes wet i did you know just because i have fun working at least you know yeah. not in the weeds but i have fun with the big picture stuff uh but i've uh, created a pattern of going on these long trips so the people that i work with are used to that uh, we've gone to hawaii on four separate occasions all three weeks are longer one of the trips was five weeks we did costa rica for five weeks um, and then as you know i travel a lot last year i counted the nights i was gone about 100 nights. Um, in 2017, half of those were work-related, half of those were were personal. But one of the things I've noticed, Matt, and we talked a little off-air about this, is those that play big a lot of times find ways to intertwine work with pleasure. So I went out to Denver as an example. Um, I, I can't remember the reason why. It's been about a month and a half or so ago. And I decided I'd do a mastermind, a team leader mastermind while in Denver, in addition to the trip that I was taking. And that's something just I, I enjoy masterminding with people that you know are, are highly successful, highly motivated like myself. So I just got back last week. I'm leaving tomorrow uh, for four days. We're going to Miami. And here's a great example. A buddy of mine just wanted to get away and unwind. And I was like, hey, while we're in Miami, let's find out if we have any contacts there that play big. And we found I have a coaching client, Carl Fong Yu, who's awesome, good friend of mine. Um, he and his broker own a boat. We're going to jump on the boat Friday and take it to Key West, uh, Key Largo, I guess, part of the Florida Keys. And that's pretty awesome. But while doing that, we actually came in contact with a gentleman in Delray. I can't think of his name right now, but he's one of the top flippers in, in Florida. He flips property. And so we invited him and his business partner to get on the boat with us. So not only is it pleasure and are we going to have some fun and, you know, jack around, et cetera, we're also going to be able to talk business and be, be obviously one of the most beautiful places in the United States while we're doing it
1: yeah, love it. yeah, and we've got a bunch of people watching with us, Andrew Ford, Jerry, Manny, Adam Bailey, what's up? Stephen Char, Mike Holbrook, Paul Franklin. Guys, get to work. What's going on, guys? Um, <laughs> make sure make sure you've got this on the background while you're doing something. let's let let's go here. Um, but anyway, uh so just want to thank everybody for for watching live and and yeah, so what what I take away from that, there's a couple things. Obviously, you've got that you've got great systems in place, great people running the systems that allow you to do that. You're you're available. You, you allow yourself to be leveraged to the point where if there's anything really major that comes up uh, that needs to be escalated to the point where it gets to you, like you're you're available for a limited amount of time per day. And most of the stuff by now, all the kinks have been worked out to the point that that's pretty few and far between. Like the systems are running, and and they're you know people are executing on what they have to do. And then as far as thinking big, man, there's a lot to go into there. But I think one of the one of the differences between really successful entrepreneurs that I've noticed and you're like this. Is that work is not a thing that, like a, something that you show up to an office and do. It's just your life, and so it's it's you know it's not an either or choice, right? So it's like, well, we're going to go to Florida. Is it ple- business or pleasure? Usually, the answer is both, right? It's not like you're yep. it's not a, it's not like you're distracting your focus. You're just maximizing the opportunities to live a big lifestyle, um, and I think that's one of the things. Like, hey, if you're going to go through. You know, the, the the pain, the blood, sweat, tears to build a seven or eight figure business, man, you got to you have to disconnect and unplug and take the time to enjoy it and celebrate the success sometimes.
0: Yeah. If the thing you're doing is something that you're wanting to walk away from every day, you only can handle doing it for five or six hours and then you don't want to think about it. You're doing the wrong thing. I think about, I use the analogy of what if you won $10 million or $100 million, how do you think you'd spend your time? I guarantee you'd try to align with other people worth $10 million or $100 million and trade ideas on where to invest your money, what businesses to acquire, you know, what investments to invest in. You'd be visiting probably some of the businesses that you're acquiring. It'd be part of your life, even though, you know, I think a lot of people just don't get excited about getting into the weeds. You can hire the people to get into the weeds. And to your point, I've been able to leverage, you know, who is it? Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad Poor Dad said, you don't have to be the best at anything. Just hire the best at everything. And that's obviously been one of the goals of mine is to find the best people in every business. Um, One of the things you brought up off air, which I think is very applicable to this topic is a lot of people get focused in one thing and have a lot of success. And then as they start to step out of the day to day grind, they decide to take on a completely new venture. So let's say it's a residential real estate team leader who decides to start a car wash. You know, whatever the example is, I have a friend of mine that was wanting to start a car wash, totally different business. I think that there's a lot to be said for choosing to leverage into other businesses that are synergistic with the business that helped you become successful. Uh, There's a lot of reasons why. But the number one to me is that you're not going to be as distracted trying to learn a completely new industry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's man. There's a lot to say about (laughs) Supposed synergies, um, a lot of synergies never materialize and anybody that's the end of the business or follows business acquisitions and mergers and stuff like that can tell you that. Um, But when we talk about synergy, like in this context, so the, the businesses that you have for the most part are driven and are tied to the success of your core team. Right. So ERS itself is is a business stacked on top of the knowledge and the experience that you have gained from yep. running the team. The, you know, uh, the other businesses title that you company. have, the auxiliary businesses, the leverage, yeah, title company, for example, insurance, stuff like that, is directly leveraged the off flip, of the team. Then you've the got investing
0: business. Yeah, flipping company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tom, Tom Cafarell is a good example of this where where he has a brokerage, he has, you know, a hundred and some agents, but everything is true, like the thing that plows both of those things forward and that that shares and, and leverages everything is there's one lead generation system that plows forward in the marketplace and grows both of his businesses and it generates all the investment opportunities. And then he just, the agents that he has on his team leverage the investing opportunities, right? So he's able to focus on one thing, like we we generate motivated seller leads, right? And everything else, like as long as that one thing happens, like all good things happen, I think there's a lot of great value in, look, if you're gonna, like, if once you get into the CEO model of your real estate team, don't go start something wildly different. Start something that, that is a profit maximizer to what you're already doing so that you can continue pushing the core business forward and you push one big rock up one big hill and everything else follows behind it.
0: Yep, totally agree. You know, I read a book probably 15 years ago called Multiple Streams of Income, and it addresses this very point, a counterpoint. Uh, they make a counterpoint that if you have all of your businesses in the same business, that you run the risk that if one, if your core business starts to fail, then all of those other businesses fail but I kind of align better with what Warren Buffett said, which is that you can put all of your eggs in one basket. You just have to watch that basket. Mm-hmm. And so i am yeah, not said that nervous nervous at all.
1: Yeah. Well, and you're in one of the oldest, most secure businesses of all time. We're not talking about putting all of your eggs in the in the basket of uh, I'm trying to develop the latest social app that monetizes attention, you know, something that could <laughs> literally be here, here right. today and
0: gone tomorrow. Right. Uh, this isn't. You know, I know our industry. And our industry is going to adapt. It's going to change just like every industry, you know, for anyone that hasn't read the book, Who Moved the Cheese? It's a great book, which, you know, kind of creates this idea that all the the mice keep coming back to the same chunk of cheese until it's gone. Half the mice move on. The other half keep going back to the same place. And obviously they starve to death. They never choose to move. One of the cool things about playing big, Matt, is that people that play big are constantly talking to other people that play big. And so we always are on the forefront of shift. Every time something changes on the east or west, north or south coast. I hear about it within the days of it of it taking place, instead of finding out three years later in a book. And that's one yeah. thing I want to talk about from a playing big standpoint. Education's a, a huge component of that. Um, you had mentioned Adam Bailey is one of the people that was wa- watching live. I don't know if he's still here. He's a friend of mine, and I've learned a lot from Adam. Um, I know he runs a, I believe he continues to run a call center service that helps people um, help people be more efficient with their outbound call teams. Uh, when I mm-hmm. met him, he was with Mike Gerbick in Wichita, Kansas, which is only five hours from here, practically a neighbor of ours, uh, because you no know, Omaha is so spread out from so many large cities. But one of the things that I had recognized with, with Adam and his group, they were doing over a thousand units um, a year, and they had a huge internal sales team. And so we decided we'd, we'd reach out to them. We had an affiliation through Boomtown. We were both Boomtown clients, and they opened their doors and allowed us to come and learn. And I've done that in 50 different markets, five zero over the course of the last seven years and traded ideas with other top people. And, you know, Adam and Mike were willing to open their doors to us and allow us to come in and we traded ideas as well. And it, I would never be where I am today if it weren't for bigger thinkers than me opening their doors and being able to share with me, even though there was nothing necessarily intrinsically beneficial to them on the front or monetarily beneficial. Um, it was more of just being authentic and um, having that abundance mindset of allowing us to come, come over and it's been amazing now looking back at all these people that have opened the doors and how I now can help them. I have people who had opened their doors to me years ago that are now coaching clients of mine or that we've yeah. gotten on our podcast or they've had on my pod, They've had me on their podcast uh, but it's pretty amazing just to have that mindset and that is definitely one main component I've seen of people that play big is there's nothing to hide. We know we play at such a big level. It's like a professional athlete. They're not scared to share what their workout is because that's six hours long. So you know, they're, yeah, they're not exactly. scared to say they take a thousand. For, you know, you want to be a, a professional right. basketball player, take a thousand free yeah. throw shots a day. And everyone's like, yes. uh, no, thank you. Yes, that's exactly. kind of what it's yeah. like. You know, you play big that like that. Like, right true. now, in our flipping business, Clint and I spend $15,000 a month on mailers. I tell the average person that takes me to lunch they want to learn how I'm acquiring five properties, actually about ten properties a month right now, thirty percent below market. And I say I'm spending fifteen thousand a month on that, and then they say, "Well, I can't do that." And I say, "Well, I also spend ten thousand a month on AdWords. I also have a team of forty agents. Like, I just have so many things going that it's impossible, really, for someone else yeah. to replicate what we've built. And so the I'm not price. scared to share right it. Out the,
1: yeah, not right out of the gate. You've got right, you've not you've, right got, out you've, of you've you've the failed. gate been stacking systems for the last 10 years oh, 10 years yeah right yeah yeah so, all right so, you know, uh, so I was a, yeah go yeah ahead. go ahead oh i was just I was gonna, gonna say, say we got, know. we've know we've got kurt francis watching he kurt just joined us and is watching and kurt said something really really excellent when i was on a call with him a couple weeks ago uh he uncovered some research i think from a gentleman at harvard who essentially the conclusion of the research was and he's got all the scientific data to back it up the scientist says essentially look 90 to 95% of all of our success and or failure in life is directly attributed to the relationships, the key relationships in our lives, the people that we directly surround ourselves with. 90 to 95% of the results in our life directly mm. go back to who we surround ourselves with. Isn't that crazy? I,
0: I love it. And I, I totally agree with that. They say from a um, net worth standpoint that your net worth will be the average of your five closest friends net worth. Yeah. Your net worth will be the average of your five closest friends Net worth. Um, a person I'm having lunch with today is one of the presidents of the long oldest real estate company in the country, Mike Reedman. He and I are grabbing sushi right after this podcast. And he told me the first time I ever met with him, I said, hey, Mike, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the lower price point, 150 to 200 range. What would you recommend to help me get up to like the five or six hundred thousand dollar price point? And this is in Omaha 10 years ago. He said, Jeff, you need to move into a half a million dollar house. And it really struck me. I'm like, hmm. really? You think that's all it takes? He goes, if you live in a half a million dollar house, your kids will play with half a million dollar house owners. Your kids will be mm-hmm. part of the you know, little league or whatever with half a million dollar owners. You'll go to church with half a million dollar owners. He said, it's, it'll become your new network, your new norm. Right. And they'll yeah. look at you as normal as well because you live in a house like theirs. And I thought, I, I almost didn't believe it. And at the time, I lived in a starter. I mean, I lived in a studio apartment probably at that time. And mm-hmm. it is 100% true. Your average sales price will typically be reflective of the average price of the property you live in. And it's been amazing just in the last 12 months since I've I've moved into a very nice property. I built a nice home in Omaha. I've had the most amount of million dollar listings come to me just in the last 12 months while living in this house. And it's just it's very interesting that people that own million dollar properties and are millionaires feel more comfortable working with other people that own million dollar houses and are millionaires.
1: Yes, 100 percent. And the same applies you going back to education you know, um, the 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 phenomenon of like trying to sell coaching when you haven't invested in coaching yourself, like like that kind of phenomenon manifests itself in a lot of different places, uh, and the education is definitely one of them. So if you're not willing to invest in yourself and you're not willing to invest in upgrading your network and your relationships, then it's going to be tough to to really get. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of education you can get from books. There's a certain amount of education you can get from a mentoring, like a true mentor relationship of somebody mentoring you from the top down, reaching reaching their arms down to help pull you up. But there's a lot to be said for having uh, what one of my clients would call proximity mentors, which are people that are in our world that are not officially mentors or coaches of ours. They're not paying. We're not exchanging money with them to coach us, but they are at the next level. And and they hang out with us for whatever reason, but they but just the process of being around and being in their proximity causes us to play bigger, think
0: bigger, and raise our game. And which is, I mean, What's you're it? you're in the process of doing that right now. I have so many proximity mentors, and it's interesting because I am also the proximity mentor to a lot of individuals. I can't handle, like, let's use a sports analogy. I, I like to play squash. I play twice a week. It's like racquetball. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. It's probably super nerdy, but I absolutely love it. So I play, like, four hours a week. I do not want to play with someone who I continually beat. I only want to play with people yep. that are continually beating me. I don't want to just get beat down. I want to be able to score like right. a little bit, but yep. I don't want to go show up and just constantly be dominating. But when you look at those proximity mentorship relationships, a lot of people that aren't playing big yet are fearful that they don't have value to offer. Let's say when you're a brand new agent, yep. and now you're hanging out with the top agent in your city. What do you have to offer them? There's a lot you offer us. And I'll take myself as an example of now being the bigger mentor. I love to see the passion that a new person shows up with. And so mm-hmm. when I meet with somebody that's worth 10 times what I'm worth, I want to bring them the things that I are, that are important to me. So passion, strategy, my youthfulness. You know, I'm, I'm 36, which to some is old and to some is young. I'm really yeah. kind of that middle age right now. But a lot of the people I associate with are in their 50s and 60s, and they like yeah. to have that youthfulness that I that I bring. So you yeah. have to be sure you're giving that person something, even though you're probably not filling them with ideas on how to build their business. There's got to be another component of value that you're bringing to that relationship.
1: Well, and, and yes, yeah, so so energy youthfulness. And here's the other thing about the mentor relationship. And this is and there's a great book on this called Mastery by Robert Green, which is amazing. Um, but he talks about I think it's in that book. He talks about, you know, just what would like the mentoring relationship and what the student brings to the mentor. Right. Because so it's, 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 in the right circumstance, it's extremely symbiotic and beneficial to mm-hmm. both sides because what the mentor gets out of it isn't just your youthfulness and your energy and stuff like that. It's also your willingness to take the advice that they give you, run with it, implement it, come back to them and say, here's the results that I got. What's next? And, and it's yeah, really sure... to see that.
0: If I share my advice with someone, they just got into the business, and I said, hey, make a 100 phone calls a day for five days a week for the next month, and then let's have lunch again, and I want to hear how you did. If I meet with them again and they didn't do it, I'm never meeting with them again. Because to me, my advice is falling on deaf ears. It's not worth it to me. That same rule, knowing that that's how I feel... If someone else makes a recommendation to me, and I'm not willing to at least beta test it and run with it, and then return and report, why should they ever give me advice again? And you'll find if you if you have somebody that plays big that has given you advice in the past, and you can you can tell they're just kind of not paying attention to you anymore. It's because they don't believe in you. They don't believe you're going to take it to the next level. You're going to do the things necessary to play at a big level. And a lot of times, people don't want to associate with losers and people that aren't willing to take it to the next step are losers. They're choosing to lose at life. Um, And and that sounds harsh, but I'm sorry to anyone that thinks that's harsh. That's just because you don't play big. So, you know, I love athletics. It it applies, right? Like um, I I read this book by Jocko Willink. Um, Jocko's awesome. He wrote the book Extreme Ownership and then had a follow-up book to that. I can't remember what it's called. But one of the things he said in that follow up book, he trained as a Navy SEAL for a very long time. And he said during his training, while he was going through that pain uh, and that process of, of the trainings of the rigorous, you know, even once they've passed buds, they still do all sorts of craziness. He said he mm-hmm. would always think about his enemy, whoever that enemy was going to be. And he would picture he would vision that enemy training as well. At the same Mm -hmm. time. And in his mind, he thought, if I can train harder, longer, smarter, better than my enemy, then when I face the enemy on the battlefield, I will overcome. I will, you know, defeat him. And so... I know that sounds a little intense, but when we think about our enemies as our competition, are we training ourselves more than them? Are we getting enough relaxation time? Are we going out and masterminding with people? Are we deserving of that number one status in our marketplace or in our brokerage? I think a lot of times the people that are in certain positions of success aren't necessarily deserving of it. They're simply there because they've been at it maybe 20 or 30 years longer than some of the other people. So if they want to continue to hold that position, they need to be willing to play big when it comes to educating themselves. Matt, I know education is big for you. I think it would be awesome to share with the audience, you know, what are some of the top strategies you've seen people that play big implement and you yourself have, have implemented in terms of educating yourself?
1: Well, the I, uh, it's funny because I was literally just talking with this yesterday with a couple of guys who've been on this very podcast before, uh, Scott Tremblay oh, and Jerry cool. Jenks. We're talking about just the kind of where the trends are going and um, right now things are like if you're an entrepreneur one of the biggest things is implementation and you there's a lot of content out there and then there's a lot of improvements that we could make to our business and a lot of times those those improvements are probably found in a book. The information is not necessarily the hardest thing to acquire. In fact, you know. If you have proximity mentors, you might already know somebody that's doing the things that you want to do. So it's not the information that's the problem. It's the implementation. And so a lot of the things that are like, especially with online entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants and stuff like that, it's moving to kind of your model, Jeff, of like, hey, show up, just pay to come to the workshop, show up. You know, you're going to be here for eight, nine, ten hours, then we're going to mastermind afterwards. And and smart entrepreneurs who are super busy, super successful and understand how to implement they know the value of paying to show up in an event that will force them to absorb the content. And then for, because they forked out the money, it will also force them to implement. And I literally just ran across a little anecdote of this in Russell Brunson's new book that he just put out. I, I downloaded it yesterday. And uh, he mentioned that when he wanted to implement some some big change in Google AdWords and SEO, okay, he brings out, the, he first of all, he finds the, the best person in his network that he knows how to do it. It's not the information that was the problem, it was the implementation. So he flies mm-hmm. the guy out, pays 25 grand to fly him to their headquarters in Idaho and says, "Look, this is not only we're going to pay you to fly here. We're going to do everything you say." He hired a person to implement what he knew the guy was going to tell him to do and then they prepared for that guy coming in by by having like looking at all the things that they already knew they needed to implement that had been putting off in preparation for that guy coming in. And so they had all the pieces lined up so that they put out the money, they brought somebody in, and they forced themselves to do it. And I think people that are, like, if, if you're in our position, you understand the value of exchanging the money to ensure that you get the result, even when the only thing that's been separating you from the result is you just procrastinating. There's value yep. in paying yeah, the money absolutely. to eliminate your own yep. procrastination.
0: Well, and using actual analytics to back up exactly what you're saying, we've watched a pattern over the last five years as we've hosted the team building workshops, which, by the way, we have two coming up. I'll have to plug that really quick, August 13th and October 22nd. Our next two that we're opening up to the public, we've been inundated with requests from brokerages to have us fly out. It's $10,000 if you're a broker owner or team leader and you want to fly our entire workshop to your city. It doesn't have to just be for your people. You can open it up as a recruiting event, make it a huge event in your city, but we have a few of those coming up as well. Uh, But October 22nd and August 13th, that's three grand to attend those uh, workshops. You can bring a guest and um, you get access to our entire Google Drive, all of our intellectual property. But what I was saying was we found a direct correlation with those that attend that workshop and then sign up for our team leader live stream product, which is essentially the implementation component of everything we teach at the workshop, those individuals seem to have a lot more success a lot faster than those that come to the workshop, learn all of the information, go home and just get stuck back in their old ways. People know exactly what they need to do. There's people listening right now going, yeah, for five years I've known I needed to do ABC in my business to take it to the next level. But the excuse as to why they didn't do it was that they didn't have the bandwidth, they didn't have the money, they didn't have the staff, they didn't have the right person. There's always a reason. The true reason is it hasn't been a focus. It hasn't been something that they focused on. And it's very, very challenging. I know from personal experience, going from Rainmaker agent to stepping away and starting to focus on building a business that eventually over time would allow me to step out of the service the, over the day to day servicing of the deals. You're, you have two jobs. You're an agent yeah. and you're a business owner at the same time. That's very hard. That's a tough grind to be a part of. And you want to get out of that grind as quick as possible. Get to the CEO role so all your time and energy can just be focused on the business. All right. So playing big. Um, obviously, podcasts are huge. This podcast, I, I, I know we get a ton of great feedback. That's It's one of the best. Uh, for anyone listening that hasn't left us a review yet, go out to iTunes, please, and give us a five-star review and congratulate us for whatever – piece of information we've been able to offer to you or value add we've brought to you. I think we have over 50 uh, testimonials on there right now. I'd like to see us over 100 by the end of 2018. I know for me, Matt, it's been interviewing people on the podcast that's brought me a ton of value. So instead of going out physically and visiting offices, I now get top agents from all over the country every single week. I get to chat with them off air for 10 10 minutes, then have an hour on air. But most Mm -hmm. importantly, I then have their cell phone number. And anytime the topic we spoke on that I know they're experts at, I have a question on, I have mm-hmm. a person in the weeds, in the field, who's doing it, that I can call and ask them their opinion. And to me, sure. there's nothing as valuable as that.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, because you don't have to, uh, I think the one of the core lessons I've learned just in business over the last few years and watching people that are far more successful than I, um, is that, man, if you can just master just a couple of things, you don't have to master everything. There's people out there that are masters of everything. All you have to do is just master a couple of things, get really good and really go deep on those strengths and learn how to monetize those couple of things that you do really, really well. And all the rest of the stuff you can hire, you can you can rent out space in other people's brains, just like, you know, some of us rent out space in Frank's brain, Frank from Fire Marketing. Right. So yeah. we you know, uh, he's a client, he's a friend, he's whatever. Right. So so we lean on him for you know his opinion on marketing strategy or whatever. So we rent space in his right. brain. You can rent space in just about any expert's brain that you want to, provided you have some money to exchange or there's some other value exchange. And the the, the biggest hurdle that most people have, and a lot of people in our, in our audience have already overcome this, is figuring out the one thing, the first thing to master, to monetize. And then once you do that, then then there's the trap. You've already figured out now how to monetize your skills and how to turn that into a, like, into a real legit income stream that confidence of mastering something can lead you to believe, great, the next step is to repeat that cycle, right? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna master this other thing, but usually the answer is focus, stay in your lane, do that, keep getting better at that one thing, and then hire the other pieces, bring in the knowledge that you need, bring in the specialists and lean on the people in your network, let them do what they do best, and then just help them build, uh, let them help you build the systems in your business that will supplement and add, and you just keep on doing what you're really, really good at, and keep on honing those skills and making them more valuable.
0: Yep. Nope. I think you're 100 percent right. I totally agree with that. You know, I think a lot of people have the misconception that those that play big have everything figured out, run everything perfectly, <laughs> don't have any drama, have perfect right. marriages, perfect health, perfect religion, perfect spirituality, perfect meditation. And the truth is, it's probably the complete opposite of that. Yes. Um, Whenever like I horrible. think of
1: Jeff, I think of I think of you serenely meditating. Over your pond, you know, like literally levitating <laughs> over your pond in the back
0: of I'm your home. I'm floating right now, right? Exactly. You know, I I think it kind of goes back to that old adage where you, you once you solve one problem, uh, what is it? You solve a problem, and you create ten more, something like that. And that's well, kind, you of, you kind solve, of what I'm... if you solve it well, yes, that's that's the if idea. You solve you it to, well. You
1: want to if you want to, yeah, if you really want to solve the problem, you don't just barely solve it, you obliterate it to the point where it creates all sorts of new problems because you exactly. solve the problem so well, uh, which is an interesting right. little mental mind shift.
0: So as we get bigger, you know, a lot of times people will, Uh, We'll say also the thing that got you to where you are today isn't necessarily the thing that is going to get you to where you want to be tomorrow. And the people that play big are constantly running into these barriers where, you know, going back to your point, yes, you want to look at the one thing that you focused on that helped you get to where you are. But the 2x, 5x, 10x, that one thing, you probably don't do the same activities. And a great point would be if you're great with outbound prospecting, let's say you made four hours of calls a day. The most I've ever heard of someone is three hours. Let's say you're four hours of calls every single day, you know, five days a week. You kill it. You make a half a million dollars a year with the deals you're servicing. Obviously, you can't 10x that yourself. You personally don't have the bandwidth. And so that's where you have to hire a virtual assistant. Well, that's a whole new world. A virtual assistant or internal sales team, now you're managing other people. You're paying them. You're making sure they do a good job. You're making sure they don't say something that's illegal. Totally yeah. different than just you relying on yourself to make those calls. And so you have to be willing to take that risk, which is your time um, and the re- and the money that you're going to put into that to try to make that work better than if it were just you making those calls.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think where the um, I was just telling somebody this the other day and I accidentally phrased it in a way that I really like. So hopefully I can recapture. It. Um, so there, there's a the ladder of kind of where real money is made. So the, the initial money that we make is in is in leading ourselves, right? Getting ourselves to perform, getting ourselves to hit our own goals. Then we get into leading others. And of course they you know, for the most part, they're lower level people. Initially those are people that are just supporting us doing what we do. Mm-hmm. The real money is in leading leaders. So that the people that are the people that make the most money in the world are the people that know how to lead other leaders. And so that's that's a skill set that we can all work on developing and it starts with just leading somebody. So if you're if you're a you know, if you're a high producing agent right now and you're producing without somebody, or let's just say you're producing with a transaction coordinator who their only role is just to take it from contract to close, there's obviously other people you could be leading and getting started with that process right like literally as soon as humanly possible. Uh, is extremely valuable, even if you don't see the immediate benefit in your business. The growth process, because I'm I'm dealing with those with a couple of staff members myself. They they now have people underneath them, and so I'm having to teach them how to lead other people and watching them go through the growing pains that I went through two years yep. ago when I hired them. Uh, yep. And the things that it's done for me, I, I can't I can't even express how much it's changed me. And it raised, and increase my capacity to attract wealth and build a business that's more stable, you know, uh, more recession-proof. Like it's just, it's just, it's literally changed my life. And it all started with just hiring virtual staff initially, and then now I'm in the phase of like having to lead people who are leading other people. It's it like it is the most valuable skill set. I cannot I cannot overexpress how important it is that not to stop at that point where you have that challenge of leading other leaders because that's where the real money is.
0: Yep. Nope. I think you're hundred percent right. You know, we took this huge shift about two years ago where we started training and teaching and, and encouraging our best agents to become leaders, to start yep. their own real estate teams. And for us, we, I really saw it as the, the greatest thing I could give them was showing them how to exit their business. How many brokers in this country today would go to their sales force and say, "You guys, really, you should consider stop selling real estate and start focusing on building a business where you leverage yourself, start training others." I, I've never heard someone talk about that. You know, I think mm-hmm. Gary Keller would be one uh, thought leader that talks about seventh level where you step out, but other than him, I haven't really heard anyone really speaking to that. I hear a lot. Of, I see a lot of team leaders wanting to build teams, and I always ask them, you know, how are you helping your agents stop step out of the day to day grind? And everyone just kind of looks at me like, "What are you talking about? That's how I make my money." So I'm totally in line with you, Matt, because the next level to attract talent and retain talent is giving them the ability to be just like you. The fear and challenge I think as leaders that we experience is that for us to be able to retain that top person, even you within your organization pursuing results as you hire people and then they hire people under them, what keeps these individuals from leaving us and going and starting a sister company that competes directly with us. And that's the scarcity mindset. That's why brokers don't teach agents. In my opinion, to be able to do it on their own, run the business on their own. So there has to be that value-add component. Of course, I'm a big believer in all the value pieces that I offer to my team leads. I haven't lost a team leader that has grown within my organization over the last seven years. Not one has left my team. And they're here for a myriad of reasons, but accountability, systems, lead gen, lead conversion, best practices, training, onboarding. And there's so many things that when they recruit, they those people just plug into my team, and so they choose to stay with us. Net-net, they make more money and less time with less energy being with me than trying to go off and recreate it on their own. So as those listening think about how this applies to whatever the businesses that they run, you have to continually grow yourself to be able to be, uh, be a leader that can offer value to those that are climbing next to you. And you want people to do better. You want to be a leader that wants to see their people have success, but you have to continue to be successful as well so that you can continue to offer value to them. And at the point where you stop offering value and growing personally, those individuals will see that and you're going to lose lose some of your talent. Yeah.
1: Yep. So getting back to the theme of the show, that's why it's important for us as leaders to continue to play and think bigger ourselves and keep on plowing forward, keep on pushing forward in our own lives and, and developing every aspect of ourselves that's part of what helps you know it, it helps our people to see that and it motivates them to come along behind us and to make sure that we keep on raising the ceiling on our own capacity to be a better leader to them so i love that so that that goes back to the uh the theme of the show for as far as thinking and playing bigger um so we, we got some heavy hitters that have watched and dipped in in and out jeff coates damon Gutierrez, and dirk zeller what is going on guys uh we appreciate okay. you guys watching. Um, and uh, we are essentially live at the same time here at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 11 a.m. Central every Wednesday. So guys, make sure to keep an eye out. First, turn on the notifications on the Elite Real Estate Systems Facebook page. Uh, you can also see it here on my uh, Facebook profile. And uh, make sure that you are tuning in so that you can get your questions uh, answered and things like that when we have, uh, when we have guests on the show. Um, so we talked about the workshops. You guys can go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com and check out all the information on that. Um, Jeff, you want to say just a quick word about live stream?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we had talked about after the workshop, a lot of people need help with the day-to-day grind, the implementation, training, uh, accountability calls, et cetera. And so we created a product called Elite Real Estate Systems Livestream, where we put a $50,000 studio in our office. We live stream all of my team's agent trainings every Wednesday and Friday. Wednesdays are topical. They're one hour long. Fridays are dialogue training. And then we also offer a one hour high level team leader call every week. It's like a private podcast. All three of those calls are interactive. You can instant message, ask questions, engage, and they're all recorded. For the Team Leader product, it's $497 a month. So ultimately, you get 12 hours of content, four hours geared towards the team lead, eight hours geared towards your agents, and then you also get a weekly accountability call with a coach who's running a real estate team right now, who's having success right now, who's probably a year or two ahead of where you're at in units and volume, and all of this for $4.97 a month. So there's tons of perks. If you're a client of ours, we have affiliate relationships with a lot of different vendors that will also give you discounts on their products. So to learn more about it, go check out some example videos, um, elite real estate systems.com, click on LiveShare.
1: Cool. All right, and then for the podcast itself, you mentioned uh, leaving a uh, a fantastic five star rating and review on iTunes. That's the best place to do it. Uh, you can also do it from Apple Podcasts if you're uh, if you're an iPhone user. Uh, if you're on Android, Android, go to Stitcher. You can scrip- uh, subscribe to the show there. You can also go to YouTube, catch the video versions there. So basically, any platform you want, we are there with the show. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and share, and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, I think that'll wrap it up. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Yeah, thinking big, guys, you know, and it can be applicable in any area of your life. I think this was a great call. Um, I think it's important for all of us to be thinking more on this. And, you know, you can go as big as you want to go. It's all about what you want to believe in and aligning with those right people to help you get there. There's no way any of us can do this on our own. That's the whole point of the podcast. Um, it's always going to be a continual continual wealth of sharing and an abundance mindset. So thank you to everyone that's allowed me and Matt to visit them, podcast with them, mastermind with them. Um, there's no way I could ever have gotten to where I am today without those people. And there's no way I would ever get to where I want to go tomorrow without those people and new people that I'll be introduced to. So I just want to put that out there. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and, and guys if you wanna if you wanna level up your network and you wanna connect directly with Jeff, uh, message me and I will give you Jeff's personal cell phone. And uh, so I'll leave everyone with that. Works for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Works for me.
1: Cool.
0: Right,
1: Thank, Thank you guys, appreciate it's it. It was a great one. Alright, thanks to so talk to you guys. <laughs>